Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Senator Brakey, who is in for his monthly visit with us. Senator Brakey, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. I missed you last month. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, but when my wife makes schedules, she doesn't ask, hey, who's your guest? Do you want to miss them or not? Like, I, <laughs> I really wish she would because it would make my life a, a lot easier. Well, so Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, right? that's that's what they tell me. Um, sometimes you get confused about what actually makes them happy, though. Um, so a couple of quick things here. Um, just read a, uh, a nice thing in the in the Press Herald about you. Um which I found odd because it was the press herald and you tend to be on the other side of the tracks from what they're looking well, for, but it was a pretty good feature. They're under new ownership, right? So <laughs> They're trying to build Let's hope the, it's a trend. Yeah, they're trying to build the bridge, I guess, which was good. I encourage everyone to check that out if you go to pressherald.com. It's, it's in there today. We got three topics to talk about, and I'm sure we can spend a lot of time talking about all of them. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, your concealed carry bill, which looks like it's going to make it, which is a pretty uh, exciting things for folks that like low crime. Absolutely. I, this is um, so constitutional carry, also known as permitless carry or Vermont style carry. It has been something that supporters in the sec- of the Second Amendment in the state have been working for for geez, at least 14 years, and I know in the last legislature it failed by a single vote, but this go-around, I'm uh, spon- I'm sponsoring the legislation, and we passed it by uh, o- with over two-thirds of the vote in the Senate and, and a huge uh, uh, landslide, over 20-vote 20, 20 difference in the House, in the Democrat-controlled House. Republican and Democrat support. We had members of leadership in both parties supporting it, and we're we're actually we're looks like we're going to get there this time. That's uh that's really good. That's good bipartisan work there by by folks, which is good. Why why do you think it, it passed? Uh, you know, rather, I mean, I felt like it passed fairly easily. Well, <laughs> or maybe not. I yeah, mean, you, I, you, you could you could go over the process with me if you ho- want. Hopefully, because... on the outside, it looks easy. But what do they say? It's like it's like a, the duck, uh, the duck floating on the water. It grace, <laughs> swims gracefully along, but if you look under, those feet are paddling. Um, no, it's um, you know, I I worked with a lot of legislators. Had to reach out to a lot of people, Republicans and and Democrats. Um, and, you know, I think that we're finally at a place where, you know, this bill has been debated for several legis- re- several legislatures um, over the last couple of years. And I think the more people understand it and the more people understand how moderate and common sense it is, the less afraid of it they are. Uh, I think when we look at states that have implemented constitutional carry and the track record that they've had, you look at states like Arizona, Wyoming, uh, Kansas just passed it, and Vermont has had it for 200 years uh, without without incident. In fact, Vermont is the only state in the country that is ranked safer than Maine, um, and I'm hoping that by passing this, we're gonna we're gonna surpass them again. But um, when we look at the track record in other states, we've seen that violent crime rates 
you know go down that these are some of the safest states to live not not the uh not the uh, wild west dystopian futures that any many of the anti-gun folks say would happen. Wait, wait, stop! Why don't we just put up a sign that says "gun-free zone"? I mean, doesn't <laughs> that just stop everything? That's well, what I thought. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure you know. You've noticed as much as me that every time there's a mass shooting, it seems to happen in a gun-free right. zone because right. criminals don't seem to care when uh, when it comes to uh, a sign telling them they shouldn't have a gun there. It's really confusing to me how we how we think more laws will make people want to follow more laws. Yeah. It's stunning. I've, well, I don't know. What do I know, though? Yeah, I'm just well, a 36-year-old guy telling people to get off his lawn on a consistent basis. And I will say one thing. You know, I, I was um, I was at an event in my district uh, this weekend and saw a lot of people. And, of course, you know, this, this issue's been in the news on the front page of the paper, geez, I think at least three or four times in the last week. And, uh, you know, it really appreciated, you know, people get it. I know so many people came to me and said, Oh, I hope I hope that that gun bill passes because I I keep thinking you know the bad guys are carrying anyway. Why shouldn't the good guys be able to carry? And that's exactly it. I think there's this there's this illusion that um, those without respect for the law are going to somehow on this issue obey uh, uh, change their mind around and obey the law and respect the law. But that's the one they're going to honor. Right, right. right. Yeah. This is the one thing. Everything else, we have to be afraid of them. But, geez, if the government says you shouldn't carry carry a gun to commit a crime, then you're going to do it. Well, and so we, we what we end up doing with all these gun control laws is we disarm the very people who should be able to defend themselves. Senator Brakey is in. Coming up, we'll follow up on that a little bit and just see what are the, the final steps are left for that bill to make sure it's signed by the governor. Uh, we'll be talking about welfare reform. We'll be talking about the budget. A lot of that's going to be tied in together. That's my guess. It's 714, 57 degrees. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Z1055. Bringing you the 80s, 90s, and today. We are young. 721, 57 degrees. Senator Eric Brakey is in for his monthly visit. We have not scared him off yet. So let's go back and, and we'll finish off the, the concealed carry topic. What What's left to do on that? So right now it's passed the House and the Senate with uh, a couple of amendments. Um, well, not necessarily amendments. I'm called, I, I love completely, but it's not Burger King. You don't always get to have it your way. And um, But overall, I mean, we're accomplishing 98% of what we want to accomplish with this bill. So we can come back and try to get the, the 2% that's left over later. But um, it's passed the House and the Senate. It, there is a small fiscal note on the bill because... Um, Basically, when you when you pay for a permit, you would think that every dollar you spend goes to maintaining the permitting system. But no, it turns out that uh, only two out of three dollars you spend goes to paying for the permitting system. The third dollar goes into the general fund so the politicians can spend it on whatever they want. And um, so where there's an anticipated lot, uh, drop in p- people applying for permits, um, there's, there's a little bit of a fiscal note. So where we're going to need to... We're going to see some uh, some revenues dropping potentially, which is essentially a tax cut um, because people aren't going to have to get this permit to exercise their constitutional rights anymore um, in the state. Though they'll still want to have it for a lot of other reasons like reciprocity with other states. But we have to we have to uh, cover that that small fiscal note. I think we're going to get there. Uh, and then once we do that, we do a final vote in the Senate and we send it on to the governor. Not to not to pop quiz you, but about how much money would you say that is a year? Well, that is currently being debated, um, and I'm working with the um, I'm working with the 
office in the legislature that drafts fiscal notes. Um, they they put it as high as as a hundred thousand dollars because the a built-in assumption was that once you had constitutional carry, that no one was going to get permits anymore, and so that that hundred thousand dollar fiscal note would reflect if if no one got permits. Um, but we've seen as a, we've been looking in the data in other states that have passed constitutional carry. Um, you know, in a- Arizona, the amount of people who got permits actually went up. In in Wyoming, it stayed relatively constant. In Alaska, where you know, who are they? Who are they going to have reciprocity with Canada? Um, it only <laughs> dropped by like sixty percent. So I think there's an argument to be made, and they're just kind of guessing where it's going to be. There's an argument to be made that, and we're trying to get this fiscal note uh, a lot, a lot smaller, so it'll be uh, uh, easier, easier pass. And I think we've got solid data from the results in other states to to really make that case. One of the amendments too was uh, something to do to kind of. Assuage government LePage, uh, Governor LePage's office. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, there was an amendment first. Th- there was an amendment put on in the House that established that uh, this was only f- uh, constitutional carry would only be able to be exercised by individuals age 21 and older. Now, my preference would have been to have it at 18. I think if you're an adult, you should be able to exercise the responsibilities of an adult. But um, but that's where I'm saying, you know, we got 98% of the way there, and maybe there's 2% left over. <laughs> um, so that was put on in the House. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, die on that hill. Um, but apparently the governor is willing to die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are, um, the governor brought up the concern, and it's a valid concern that, you know, some of our military men and women, they serve overseas, they come home, they might be under the age of 21, they've got all their training, they've fought for our country, and, and yet you tell them that they can't. They can't. They have to get a permit to carry. They're probably more prepared than others that haven't. Yeah. So we put on an amendment in the Senate, which was which was unanimously adopted in both chambers, which would exempt our military men and women, those both actively serving and those honorably discharged from the military, from uh, requiring a permit to carry if they're under the age of 21. And And I would just note, because we are keeping the permitting system in place, that anyone... That in addition to that, anyone between the age of eighteen and twenty-one can can still get a permit, like they like could still get a permit, like like they can now. That wouldn't change for them. So there still are pathways forward for them to be able to carry concealed if that's something they they would like to like to do. Um, but as as this law currently stands, if it passes, unless they were in the military, they would have to uh, go through that permitting process. Senator Brakey's in. We'll have more with him coming up. Next half hour, we're going to talk about the welfare uh, reform and the budget. Kind of tied in together with that. Senator Brakey for his monthly visit for June. It's the Breakfast Club on Z1055, 726, 57 degrees. I thought you were going to clean up this attic. I did. Well, this is an empowerment, I believe. Senator Brakey's in now. Talking about all sorts of things. We covered the uh, the constitutional carry the, basically in the first half hour here. So now we're going to head on over to welfare reform. And now... You're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong here, okay? Mm-hmm. But I felt like a lot of the... Um, I remember the election happened sometime around November, if I remember correctly. It was kind of a blur. But there are a lot of Republicans that were voted in and a lot of politicians that were voted in based on the the premise that, that welfare reform was going to happen. In the latest budget that, that's been drafted up, there is no welfare reform. Can you explain that one to me? Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's... Now, you'll know, I, I uh, as chairman for the Health and Human Services Committee, I have sponsored 
I think more well individ more welfare reform bills than if I did my math right then anyone else in the all all the other members of the legislature combined. And they weren't just just to keep in mind this wasn't just to cut it and get rid of it. A lot of it was like there was one that was a, a cliff bill that actually helped folks that were on yeah. it work and kind of get to where they need to be without having to sacrifice everything. Yeah. I mean, there were some common sense things a, in there. I sponsored a bill on that. Ended up, uh, We ended up going with a uh, supporting proposal the governor put forward. But we did really, you know, targeted things about time limits and, make, and individuals who defraud the system, making sure they pay back what they defrauded the system before they can qualify for benefits again. And I could I could go on and, and list all the things, but working on a lot of different welfare reform. Um, with the budget as 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 it at least stood at the end of at the end of last week, um, you're right, there weren't income taxes in there, there weren't um, there was not welfare reform, things that I personally would very much like to see in the budget. I, I do want to see income tax cuts in there. I do want to see welfare reform in there. Um, there are some other things in there that I, 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 I do like too, though. I mean, the, uh, the sales tax goes back down to 5%. Um, the, um, and, and there are some other tax cuts in there. Is it, does it go far enough for me as it currently, currently, uh, is? No, not really. I want to see, I want to see, I do want to see income tax cuts and I do want to see welfare reform in there. I know that there have been some negotiations going on over the weekend, and I guess I'll find out what the result of those negotiations were when I show up in Augusta today. Um, but you're, but you're right. Uh, while we have many standalone welfare reform proposals that are coming forward out of the, uh, the Health and Human Services Committee and will be voted on by the legislature, and hopefully we'll get some of it passed, um, though in the Democrat-controlled House, that's going to be a big obstacle. Um, hopefully we will get some of it passed uh, in the budget as it was yeah, it was a little disappointing that there wasn't uh, there wasn't any real solid welfare form in the budget. But I'm hopeful that before all, everything is said and done, we'll we'll see income tax cuts and we'll see welfare reform in the budget. At least that's my hope. Uh, on, on, along the the lines of the the welfare reform, um, I know sometimes, and one of the things that I've seen is you got a lot of folks that you see the the fraud happen all the time where. People claim mm -hmm. benefits when they're not supposed to and everything else. There's also been some issues where you see providers here, there, and everywhere, not necessarily in this state, although there have been some, where providers are overcharging uh, the Medicare system, the main care system. Mm -hmm. That's kind of its own little level. Like, Is that something that's going to be addressed at some point? Because that seems to be even a, more of a bigger financial hit than, than some of the other stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's something where we want to... We really want to identify and eliminate fraud wherever it occurs, whether it's whether it's the you know, the beneficiary or whether it's um, you know whether it's a provider over over billing. I don't know, and we haven't heard too many too much about any particular cases of that going on right in in Maine right now, which doesn't mean that it's it's not taking place, um, but. Um, but but we haven't heard too much on that this session. That might be something we get an opportunity to delve into more in the in the second session starting starting next January. Senator Brakey is in. Coming up, we'll talk about that budget that we were just kind of alluding to. 743, 57 degrees. It's a Breakfast Club on Z1055. The Breakfast Club. The news continues now on the area. Finishing off now with Senator Brakey. So let's talk about this budget that's uh that doesn't seem to have anything that anybody actually wanted in there yet somehow is getting pushed around. And, and now there's talk of government shutdowns because as you know, that'll 
the world ends if the if the state government shuts down. I don't know how I'll function. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I know how I'm going to make it. So, talk a little bit about that. What, what's the situation, and why is this such a freaking mess? Well, I think we have divided government. We have Democrats in control of the House, Republicans in control of the Senate. We've got a Republican governor. So, anytime you have divided government, that means that you're trying to you're trying to get people who don't agree on a lot of issues to come together and try to agree on something. Um, at this point, you know, I've been actually I've been kind of keeping my 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 powder dry on on a lot of the budget because I've I have I've yet to see I know there's two plans going forward I've yet to see the full details on either plan and so I'm really trying to make my decision on the budget separate separate from all the hype and all the gossip and rumors on what's in the budget I want to see the actual facts the actual actual figures what's going on with spending you know I my one of my goals is I I want to you know I'm I'm I want to cut spending. Uh, what's going on with taxes? I want to cut taxes. What's going on with welfare reform? I want welfare reform. Um, so need to ask the questions, what are our priorities? Um, are those priorities in the budget? And what can we and what can we practically get in divided government? I mean, what what can we negotiate for and achieve? I mean, again, it's, you know, like constitutional carry, the legislature, you know, there's so many things I would do if I was king for a day, but, you know, but... I'm not, you know, and no one is, and it's not Burger King, and you can't always have it your way, but you do want to do the best you can to advocate for the interests of your constituents and, and your own personal principles, and I know my pr principles are limited government, lower taxes, lower spending, welfare reform. I mean, these are some of the things I campaign on and I believe in. I want to see those in the budget, but we're, I'm going to have to see what these what these proposals are, See the sit down, actually read through them understand what's really there before I make a decision on either proposal. What's the time frame on that? You guys are ramping up pretty soon, aren't you? Um, we have, um, I believe, about two more weeks to uh, before we have to have voted on a budget. So, And we're just, some of the details on these, uh, well, some of the details on these budgets are still being worked on. I know they, I believe they had final votes in the Appropriations Committee on Friday, but there's still talks going on between leadership and all, you know, Senate House Republicans and 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 Senate House Democrats still conversations going on try to try to a, a, arrive at something that um, everyone can tolerate and um, I, I want to see what they come up with Senator Eric Brakey joined us for uh, his monthly visit Eric thank you very much thank you very much good to have you back this month well good to good to be back good to good to see you we will have Officer Travis Fecto in next hour. He's going to talk about Rancourt's run. He's in the Lewiston Police Department. He is packing. I originally thought he was coming to arrest me, but good news is I haven't done anything to get anybody upset over on the Lewiston side of the bridge, so that's nice. Just and on the Auburn side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're not here to get Senator Brakey either, which is nice. It's The Breakfast Club, 57 degrees, 754, Z1055. The Breakfast Club! This is your Sports Flash for Monday, June 8th. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.